It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to BGN Radio. Thrown out to the far side on a bubble screen and running in for the touchdown is Jeremy Macklin. Right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly. Mm. And part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. What's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? The second time I've gotten to say that, and it was just as fun as the first time. Here we are, a bit of a a somber note as the Eagles were eliminated from the playoffs this past week. We're going to get into that, get into kind of what's in store for the future, but first let's go around the horn. Let's introduce the crew. Sitting to my left, the editor-in-chief of Bleeding Green Nation and all-around great guy, Mr. Brandon Lee Gowton. Brandon, how you doing tonight? Hey, James. That, that's such a nice introduction. I really appreciate that. Thanks. I'm so glad to be here. That's what I'm here for, Brandon. I'm, I'm just trying to pump everyone up here. Uh, I'll go the other way. Uh, our fearless leader, our normal host, but uh, not hosting this evening, taking the role of a, of a commentator on the side here, Mr. John Barchard. John, how does it feel to not be in the host seat tonight? Hey, now, no, I kind of like not being in the host seat here. It's, uh, I'm in, I'm in Pittsburgh tonight. So, uh, you know, James has the beautiful voice and the beautiful equipment and, uh, I'm ready to, uh, rock and roll here. I have a voice and equipment. I don't, I don't know about beautiful for either, but <laughs> I'll roll with it. I'll roll with it. And finally, our fourth member of the crew this evening from our Eagles. Oh, wow. Whom on Twitter, Mr. Matthew Daring, Matt, how you doing, buddy? Hey, James, how's it going? I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I actually got to meet Matt in person last night, which was a, a thrill for me. I hope every one of our listeners can someday achieve that that great and lofty goal. So, all right, guys, let's let's jump right into this. Uh, we'll, we'll do a quick recap of Washington. We'll look a little bit at the Giants game, but uh, I think we can all be honest. I don't think there are too many fans out there who are super excited for this game. Really nothing on the line here. I know Chip had said that he's going to start his guys. They're going out to win a game. And, and we'll get into that too, whether that's necessarily the right philosophy. But let's start with, with what went wrong. Uh, the Eagles lose in Washington 27-24. Sanchez obviously with a big turnover on the final drive uh, allows the Redskins to get into territory. A poor missed tackle by Kerry Williams helped out as well. But Brandon, let's start with you. You know, Deshaun got the last laugh. First and foremost, after that game, how do you feel about the Eagles releasing Deshaun Jackson? 
Well, it was the wrong move, and no. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think uh, the, the Deshaun Jackson thing, uh, I said this heading into the game, and the game didn't change it at all, is that the Deshaun Jackson situation was more complicated than I think a lot of people uh, give it credit for being. Uh, more more complicated than people want to admit. I don't think it's as simple as some people make it out to be. So, you know, it's it's obviously, uh, you know, you look at a game like that and how could you say that you don't regret releasing him because he goes off and, you know, and he ends your season. But, uh, you know, he wasn't just released because he, they didn't think he, you know, wasn't talented. They obviously thought he was talented. It was just there were other issues and those kind of outweighed the talent portion which uh, you know you you can debate if that's the right call or not. I don't I don't think, based on what I know, that they they made a mistake there. As crazy as that might sound, but definitely uh, Deshaun got the last laugh. But you know his team's four and eleven, so how much can he really laugh about? Yeah, I think that's a great point, and and I totally agree that there's a lot more going into this than just his production on the field, but. I think it's impossible to say that his production on the field was not missed. And John, when you look at this from this situation and you look at the fan base, how should the fan base feel about the Deshaun thing? Because we can all agree that there were locker room issues, that he didn't fit into the culture Chip Kelly wanted, but the results on the field kind of outweigh that, at least in a fan perspective. You know, what do you say for the fan base in that sense, John? Well, I mean, I I get people's frustration. I get it completely. And on paper... On paper, you're always going to miss Deshaun Jackson. And again, it's it's I don't know. It's the it's the type of thing where I again I still don't know the whole entire. I mean, it's definitely not why they they the offense struggled or you know the defense struggled or anything leading up into this. I mean, I again I always go back to everybody was comparing Macklin and Deshaun Jackson and whether or not that would be comparable, and I think that was more than comparable. Um, but now that Obviously, Riley Cooper sucks. So there's there's always going to be that. Well, man, you could have had both of these guys on the same on the same team. But I mean, if you would have put you know a rock in front of Riley Cooper, you would probably had the, the the same result. Or Emmanuel Sanders, anybody else that was really on, maybe Andre Roberts, but, or the Rock, maybe. Or, or, or the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you smell, yeah. Uh, but I, I I don't understand the. I get people get very upset especially when you're coming from nine and three and then this is the ending result. But to point to that as like one of the main causes of here, I think there's, I think there's a lot of other things other than Deshaun Jackson. Sure. It would have helped. I don't know how much it would have made, you know, wins. We're still forgetting that um, it's not really the receiving core that struggled all that much this year. It was pretty much whoever was throwing to the wide receiving core is still my main problem with this issue. And, and, Obviously, this game uh, that kind of you know sent all our dreams packing home. You know, when are people, I'm tired of hearing about this this media driven narrative that Deshaun Jackson's going somewhere. L- listen, he is not going anywhere. This is just <laughs> purely made up to get paid. Wait, he's already gone. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't know if he might, it's been in a few been in a few blog posts. Yeah, Adam, sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> uh, uh. Yeah. How did this happen? Yeah. It's it's a good question, Matt. It's a good question. So let let's get to it. John mentioned it though. I mean, this team was nine and three, riding high. Every Eagles fan, maybe you didn't think they were the best team in the NFL or even the NFC, but 
you know, you can make an argument. You can make an argument that they were the best team in the NFC, that they had a legitimate chance to, to get a bye, to make some noise in the playoffs. And then all of a sudden, three weeks later, three devastating losses in a row, this team is done for the season. There's one more game, a meaningless game. Matt, what happened? In your eyes, what happened to take that team from 9-3 and three to where we sit now at 9-6? Were they never good enough? Were we fooled? Was there something that happened? What, what was the issue in your eyes, Matt? Uh, well, I think that... Um... I think a lot of people could sort of to sort of point to the schedule, and that's certainly an easy one. You sort of say like, "Well, we came up with three tough games in a row. We had that that brutal stretch there with the Cowboys again, Cowboys and then the Seahawks and the Cowboys again." That still doesn't really explain why they dropped the game against the Redskins. I just think that I don't know. It, it all just sort of fell apart there. We just had a few things didn't break our way, and obviously Mark Sanchez didn't play up to expectations. Uh, LaShawn McCoy didn't play up to expectations. The offensive line didn't really play all that well. The defense, obviously, something's going on there, and they have to they have to readjust. But uh, you know, whatever happened, it it uh, it happened, and it really sucks. We're sitting here, you know, on the outside looking in, going to watch the Cowboys go to the playoffs and see what they can do. Uh, I don't know, just sucks. Well, I'm I'm really depressed now. <laughs> Just way to bring it down, but but you're dead right. And, and I, I don't know. At least for me, that that what I saw was a team that went into that Seattle game riding high and believing in themselves, and then they got punched in the mouth. And it almost just felt like they lost their mojo. They lost their confidence. They did not look like the same team the next two weeks that we had seen earlier in the season. And that Seattle game, in my mind, was the turning point. Brandon, how do you see it? I think it comes down to two things. I think you look at an offense, you just look at the turnovers. It's And, and not just an offense, because obviously they had some turnovers on special teams and here and there. But, I mean, it, that's really just the big thing. I mean, they lead lead the league in turnovers, 35. Uh, you know, you just you can't give the ball away like that. They only had something like 16 last year. Obviously, Nick Foles only threw two interceptions. Uh, just <laughs> you, you weren't getting the kind of ball protection that you really needed this year. And I, to me, it's amazing, you know, that they, they got to this record that they have now when you consider the amount of turnovers they've had. So I think that's a big thing. And then the other thing is uh, the big plays on defense. Uh, just really haven't been able to have an answer there. Everyone's picking on Bradley Fletcher. And now people want to uh, hate on Bradley Fletcher – I mean, I can see why you know he's getting burnt. I mean, he's trying out there. It's really, there's really only so much he can do. It's, it's really just more of a talent issue than it is an effort issue. That's something they really have to address. Uh, you know, it, it just, it's weird because they've, they haven't been a terrible defense. They really haven't been. I think people want to, you know, get involved in recency bias and say like, oh, this defense is terrible. Bill Davis needs to be fired and everything. I think the issue is that they. You know, they've been good against the run, but obviously they're just more exposed against the pass, and more specifically, they give up big plays, and that's something that really needs to just be cut down. So between turnovers and big plays, I mean, right there, that's just, that's a huge issue. Yeah, the turnovers especially, especially, I mean, I think you've said this before, as this kind of run has gone the way it's gone, Brandon, but you've pointed out, when you look at the teams that are at the top of the league in terms of giving the ball away, they're all awful teams. The Indianapolis Colts are the only other team with a winning record in the top 10 teams of, in terms of giving the ball up. It's teams like Tampa Bay and Chicago and Oakland and, and New Orleans and teams that had really bad seasons, so I think that's clearly, clearly one of the main issues. John, uh, 
Let's parse some blame out, whether it's the turnovers, whether it's the failure to get off the field on third down, the X plays, all these issues that this team had. Who do you blame, John? Is it squarely on chip? Do you blame Billy Davis? Is it is it spread around to, to the actual talent on the field? And then if that's the case, who who's responsible for that? How do you see this blame game, so to speak, breaking out? Uh, well, everybody, everybody, I think, needs to take part in that blame game. But I, I just think there's still too many fingers pointed in the wrong direction here. And I want to expand on something that Brandon said. And I actually th- and, and, and with you, James, I actually think that Seattle wasn't really the breaking point, but the, Dal- the Dallas, just everything falling apart, I think, is, was, was it. And I think we all knew that. And obviously, we had talked about it on previous shows, and we're, now we're hanging on to hope for, hey, maybe the, the Eagles can still win out here and Dallas does something stupid. But that just wasn't the case. Um, I, I, the, I mean, we've had a cornerback discussion, I think, now all week about why aren't you flipping Fletcher for Nolan Carroll? How come you're not giving a Boykin to start? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? How come you're not just allowing you know Boykin to be in there and then on dime cover just go back in there? I remember we were debating about that a long time ago, and same with Nolan Carroll. Maybe he can be the guy in and out. Look, they scored 27 points, okay? One of them came on you know, an interception late from Mark Sanchez. I, I don't think, again, just like Brandon was saying, this defense is bad. It's not. There's obvious holes there. And, and I know there's a ton of people that are shouting of like, well, you need to just change the scheme. And I don't know why you're not playing more cover two and all this other stuff. If you play cover two, you're, you're, you're now taking one of your best like run stoppers out of it. And you have Malcolm Jenkins back there. And now you're relying on Ocho and Matthews and all those guys to, to stuff the run there. That's just I, I think that's just going to create another deficiency. Great. You've stopped. Deshaun Jackson, who's, who's by the way, uh, a talented receiver, a great receiver. Uh, so is Des Bryant. I mean, that's, I think that's part of the things we're missing here is like, yes, there is not a lot of people that can cover him. Richard Sherman had trouble carrying, you know, covering these guys. So uh, I, I don't, I don't understand. I, I get the frustration and, and trust me here. Um, but I, I think that there's, you just have to now kind of focus on, the offense. I mean, the offense is is a lot to blame here, guys. I, I think we've talked at nauseum, no matter who is in there. This is the difference, too, of like, there's no difference for me between putting Nolan Carroll or Brandon Boykin in for Bradley Fletcher. It's not that going to be a major improvement. It won't probably be any worse. And I don't think, obviously, a lot of people think that's rock bottom. Um, but I also still feel the same way. With Foles or Sanchez, it, it wouldn't have mattered any other way. There's there's so there's differences in between there of like yeah maybe maybe Nick can throw deep a little farther, but it's not going to be accurate. At least he hasn't shown that this year. Yes, Mark Sanchez works in the middle of the field and he makes really dumb decisions. And th- when it comes down to it, their numbers aren't that dissimilar. What's stopping this team is talent. Okay, I I, I don't and uh, whether or not that is uh, a blame for Howie and Chip going into this draft, I still think that's. St- a, a wait-and-see type of thing. Trev, wherever you're at, buddy, that article about, you know, they're, they're still in a rebuilding process, they are. The special teams have been dramatically improved. I was just watching oh, Washington, the first Washington game from last year, just for giggles, just to go through and see the kind of the, the differences there. And you're looking at uh, Darren Sproles over Bryce Brown uh, and him returning punts with Deshaun Jackson and Demarius Johnson, who we all screamed at to like get him out of there. I think the special teams have have improved a, a ton. The front seven has improved a ton. 
offensive line, yeah, maybe they struggled, but that's due to injuries. I mean, you you also had D'Amico Ryan's going. I mean, the, the D'Amico Ryan's going down here, and that's part of the reason why you can't really pull those guys into cover two either. I know I'm going all over the place here, but it's just there's so many different things that you could say what's wrong with this team. I don't think this is a time to f- start freaking out and panic and and and. Call comparing Chip to Rich Kotite and all these other crazy overreactions <laughs> is, drives me insane. We have a great football coach who is not perfect, just like any other football coach in this league. What that needs to happen is obviously you need to look at the quarterback position and the cornerback position going into this draft and somehow come out with something. Something. I don't know the plan because if I did, I'd, I'd be making millions of dollars. But I know I've gone on a long rant here. I just want to say we have a great football coach in Philadelphia. Give it some more time to develop here. Yeah, I, I actually agree with you there. I think that people are being a little too hard on Chip, but we'll get into some of that stuff in just a minute. But uh, I thought you said a couple of interesting, important things there. The D'Amico injury, uh, I feel like is not brought up enough when you look at what happened here. I think he really was the heart and soul of that defense. He, he really did matter in terms of leadership and really his play on the field obviously as well but but I think that was kind of a, an underrated injury that that at the time we were we felt this is going to be a big deal and then we didn't really realize how big a deal it would be but I disagree a little bit on the Foles Sanchez thing I think there are certain things about Foles that allow him to succeed a little bit more in this offense and really in these types of situations I think that Foles is a little bit better at shaking off the bad plays. You know, I feel like Foles can can go out and throw a big pick and then come back and lead you right back down the field. It seems like Sanchez gets a little in his head when things don't go right, and I think that was an issue. But back to Chip. I, I agree. I think he's getting a little too much of the blame in the sense that there are real talent deficiencies on this team. This is a team that was 4-12, and 12 and he's won 10 games in one year, and 9 or 10 this year is is very impressive, but... We've also seen some stubbornness here. You know, it's it's they're not going to take Bradley Fletcher off the field if they think that he gives them the best chance to to succeed. But at a certain time, you almost have to step back and say this just isn't working, and maybe we should try something else. And it just seemed, at least over the last couple of weeks, that Chip and Billy and and the coaching staff were a little slow to make those types of of changes or or adjustments. Matt, how did you feel about that? Did you see that as well? Uh, well, no. I mean, I, I can see why I can see why you might feel that way, but I just look at uh, other teams around the league and how, like, just how fickle they are with some of the stuff, especially you know high profile positions. Like, if you look at um, uh, Jay Gruden, who was more or less hired to fix Robert Griffin the third, and he's like, "I'm done. I'm benching him." Or you look at Mark Tressman, who's like, "I think we're going to try to save my job and pin it on Jimmy Clausen." I mean, how does that stuff look to you as an outsider? Because it sort of reeks of desperation to me. Um, so as far as like, you know, is benching this guy for another guy who hasn't managed to beat him out, you know, maybe, maybe we might feel like, okay, why not do it? But I think on the other hand, it doesn't really get you a good reputation. It certainly doesn't look all that good. Um, you know, it's not like we have these guys waiting in the wings that are like amazing players or whatever. I mean, these are all, it's all just sort of, you know, six of one half dozen of the other, um, so in general, I don't really tend to think that the stubbornness is, really comes into play all that much, especially because I just don't think you get to be Chip Kelly by being stubborn. You know, Chip Kelly's an extremely successful guy. You know, he kills it with the ladies. He's, uh, <laughs> you know, made the postseason uh, 12 years in a row or whatever that is. Like, basically, since he started coaching, he's been, he's been um, you know, since he's been offensive coordinator in New Hampshire, he's been, like, just, just killing it. 
And I just don't know if you get that way by being stubborn, you know? Well, and I just want to interject there, too, because I think Matt hit on a great point. I don't know why people are using the word stubborn either. It's it's an issue that I probably – my biggest gripe, I think, with Kelly in this is maybe continuity is too much uh, of a thing because unless Falls went down, there was no way he was changing quarterbacks. Not a chance. And we all said that before going in. Um uh, and and I think it's the same on the. I think that uh, again, I I'm right with everybody else. Yes, make a switch because what's I mean at least find out maybe it's just you know getting beat down so maybe Fletcher's getting beat down so much that just throw somebody in there. But I, I, for them to expect I you know any type of improvement one way or the other, I think is I think is silly. I I still don't think that. I, and I know this This probably sounds like a homer statement. I don't think Brandon Boykin can play on the outside. No way. I, I, I don't. I agree with Billy Davis. I, I think he's going. he would struggle just the same with those Des Bryants and those Deshaun Jackson types of wide receivers. Yeah, no, I think that's a fair point. And I think that we'll get into more of the discussion of, of what spots on the team really need to be upgraded and whatnot as the offseason gets a little closer. But, you know, with one game left to play, we're going to get into the Giants in just a second. But the last thing I want to touch on, we saw kind of yesterday at Chip's press conference, kind of a, a chippy chip, for lack of a better phrase. Um, you know, we had the whole thing with McLean, and, and there was a little bit of a stare down going on there. And Brandon, you, you've covered this team for a while. You know what it's like to have that kind of media and coach relationship. Do you think that, and because Chip can be funny, and, and there's really good stuff that comes out of those press conferences, but there also, especially yesterday we saw it, there seems to be a, a, a bit of a, an arrogance, perhaps, with Chip in the media, and, and almost if, you know, he's not going to answer certain questions. I know he doesn't deal in hypotheticals, but there are a lot of times where he's short with reporters or, or won't necessarily give them the answers or any answer that they're looking for. How do you feel about that, Brandon? As someone who covers the team from that perspective, how do you feel about the interaction that Chip has with the media? And, and do you think that it goes both ways? Do you think that, you know, Chip jokes with them? Is it okay for the reporters to joke back? How do you feel about that whole dynamic right now? Yeah, that's a good question. And I, I think that's something that definitely draws attention, especially because of uh, just the contrast with Andy Reid, you know, just completely different style. Uh, Chip's more emotional, I think. And he, he's just more of a joker. That's in good times, bad times. I think uh, he's a human being, like we all are. And I think he's just as disappointed that the team was 9-3 and three and didn't make the playoffs as most Eagles fans are. And I think uh, you know, some people want to criticize him for being unprofessional or you know, snippy with the media and everything, and that's fine. I think he did, does deserve some criticism for that because he probably could have handled it a little bit better. But at the same time, I think, you know, I think some fans might be like, hey, all right, you know, he really cares just like we do. You know, it's it's, it's funny because if, if you ask him to stand up there and be emotionless, some people will be like, oh, he doesn't even care. Look at this guy. So uh, it is interesting. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, oh, what was that? I was just laughing. That was I thought that was funny. Oh, so. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, but the thing is, I, you almost can't win. That's why I was I was saying that to uh, I was talking to some people about this. I'm like, if he was up there and he and he was emotionless, people would criticize him for that. If he's up there and he's cranky, people criticize him for that. I mean, there's like no. The fact isn't that you know it's how he's talking. It's the fact. It's the reality of the situation that they were nine and three and they blew it. They're nine and six now. Now, pretty much any way he stands up there, he's going to be criticized. Uh, I think he's just a moody guy. I think throughout the the year, 
Uh, you know, I've, I've even heard beat writers talk about it before conference, before their press conferences. Like, all right, what kind of chip do we expect today? You know, is he going to be is he going to be short answer chip? Is he going to be like laughing, joking around chip? Because you never know. Uh, I just think you know that was a bad day for him, and understandably so, considering the situation. Uh, and and it just came off weird. But uh, I don't think you know it's, it's weird because we we talk about this, but it really has no impact on the games itself. Uh, you asked me about arrogance. I don't know. I think that's just that's his personality. He's always he's a smartass. That's what he is. He's that's you know that's that's Chip Kelly. I can so relate. I I too am See? blessed with being a smartass. And- <laughs> See, it's <laughs> and it's funny when things are going well, but then when things are going bad, you know, it's it's not maybe it's not so funny. Well, the prime example of that, and to me, and this is why I I don't know Ben Volan as much as I love him to death has a poopy diaper this week because he's been saying the same things about. Marshawn Lynch, and like, oh, how could you just come up here and say, thank you for asking that question, thank you for asking that question, when he addresses the media, and then uh, goes back and forth with Bill Belichick and says the same thing of like, oh, you know, classic Belichick being uh, being that guy, and granted, Belichick's earned way more arrogance than Chip Kelly has, because, you know, he can flash his jewelry and uh, look at his record and look what he's developed and all that other stuff, too, but it's just... I, I, I agree with Brandon. I think it's just the time where you're not going to win in that situation. You have a bunch of people that are upset. Um, yes, the media is an extension to, of the fans somewhat for the most part. They're the direct things. But it doesn't mean that, you know, the stuff we talk about on here or anybody in there, like, is you know, goes through Chip's mind and knows what he's thinking and all that other stuff. And there's a lot of people that, you know, have have stupid questions sometimes. Sometimes they're stupid. You don't want to answer them, and especially after this kind of thing, and they're going to come in there and try and be like, well, and second-guess you all the time, and yes, that's part of the job, but, you know, it was just the day that he just didn't want to hear it. I don't, I don't really care either way. He had, a, uh, he had a press conference. It was during draft season, and they were sort of trying to get him to admit whether or not there were some positions that he liked better than others, and they were like, so say you have player one, and he kept pressing them, and finally they were like, Okay, so say you have player X and he plays uh, guard. You have player Y and he plays quarterback, and they're both ranked similarly. Who are you taking? And he goes, uh, "Who's the first one?" You know, and they're like, uh, "It's player X." Where did he go to school? I I don't know Mars. Okay, I'm taking player X from Mars. It sounds cool. Something like that. You know, <laughs> like he just loves he just loves the sort of the sort of back and forth with them. I think, and and I guess I don't know. I think it's all you know stuff like that's happened to all of us where we sort of things get out of hand really quickly. You know, maybe there's a little tension in the air. You certainly seem tense. I just think that, you know, this is the sort of this is the sort of guy that he is, um, and I admire the hell out of it. Yeah, I totally agree. Per- personally, I love it. I think it's hilarious. I'll take the the moody chip as long as I get the funny, sarcastic, witty chip. I'm all about that, especially after having Andy for a, over a decade and having those boring times yours and injury updates and it was it was brutal it was brutal to listen to brutal to watch so uh, i'm with you i think uh, I, I like that side of chip's personality i'm totally okay with it but moving on to the giants i think my biggest issue with that press conference yesterday had nothing to do with his chippiness had nothing to do with an attitude or anything like that it had to do with the fact that he said that he is not playing any of the young guys in the Giants game, despite the fact that there are no playoff implications, and I know his philosophy is, you got to earn your spot. How could I tell guys that aren't good enough in practice that, that they're going to start over the other guys? Personally, I, I couldn't disagree with Chip Moore here. I, I get that it's his philosophy, and I get that it's how he goes about things, but how are you going to get a look at some of these guys, the Taylor Hearts, the Jalen Watkins, guys who 
could be a part of your team next year, even Matt Barkley, uh, without getting them game reps, without getting an idea of how they perform in an actual NFL game. Personally, I really disagree with the strategy. I think you tell the players, hey, you know, we're going to give someone a chance to, to see what they can do because th- this game really doesn't matter. Brandon, how do you feel about this? Are you okay with Chip going out and tra- And I don't even care about the draft part of it. I don't care about the nine wins versus ten wins. The, right. Granted, you know, you always want the better draft pick, but I'm talking strictly from a, a looking ahead to next year when there is nothing left to play for this year other than pride, which obviously is important. How do you not give those guys a, a chance to go out and play? Yeah, I I totally agree with what you said there. I mean, I think I think you nailed it. I think you have to understand uh, Chip's mentality as a fan that he wants to win, I and mean, that's literally what he's he's being paid to do. He's not being paid to evaluate players. This is this goes back to why I had a problem with people saying the Eagles should just start Nick Foles last year instead of Michael Vick because wins were important and they should just evaluate. Like that's not. You can't expect Chip Kelly, you can't expect to hire Chip Kelly and bring him in to win you football games and then expect him to just play lesser players cause he, to evaluate them. Like, why does he have any interest in that? He doesn't want to do that. He wants to win the game. You know, he's not, he's not in the front office. He's not the one, you know, scouting players and everything. He's not in that position where he's trying to figure out, you know, where they belong and everything. I, I, so I can see why he has no interest in that. From a, you know, strict uh, fan standpoint or evaluation standpoint, I could I could easily see why you want to see these young guys because it is a meaningless game. You want to see Marcus Smith finally get some playing time and an extended role. You want to see what Jalen Watkins can do and Taylor Hart, as you mentioned, and so on. And, you know, and even uh, this is weird. You know, why haven't they put Nick Foles on injured reserve yet? Because if he's not going to play anyway in the – in the final game, you know, like maybe free up that roster spot, call call up someone from the practice squad or steal someone from someone else's practice squad. Maybe even throw that guy out there if you can. See what he can do. Like Ed Reynolds, you know, he's on the practice squad. So it is a little weird. Uh, I'm not really shocked at all. I was not surprised when he said that he's not going to play any of the young guys. But, you know, it's just rough. It's Because I, I can see where he's coming from, but you kind of do want to see the young guys play. John? Yeah, I mean, I have... I have a problem with all of it, <laughs> to be honest with you. I have a problem with not trying to get a better draft position because this game literally means nothing. And I know it's a few spots, but a few spots cost you every single target that they had targeted last year. So, I, you know, that's that's kind of my overreaction to all this stuff. I want to, I want you to throw out Matt Barkley to see if there's any trade value there. I want you to see if you have any of the guys that, you know, can, can play that Brandon mentioned. And even though it's completely hypocritical to what I just said earlier, I, I do want to see if Boykin and all those guys could hang with Odell Beckham Jr. Let's find out. We know what Fletcher is going to do against them. We know that already. I want the unknown. And pr- that's probably more, just like Brandon was saying, from a fan perspective, because Chip knows and Billy knows and everybody else knows exactly what they got in there. Um, I, 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 I want them to lose this game. There's no reason for them to win this game and... I want a, I want a better draft pick. Sorry. I want any chance I can get at a better player. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I, I don't I, I don't Wait, know when if did I we go get with... Sam Hinkey on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I don't I get it. I get where you're coming from and, and John, I'll be honest, I'll bet you there's a large percentage of the fan base who agrees. Uh, I think that when you're in this spot, especially a fan base who all we care about is the Super Bowl. You know, obviously you want to win playoff games, you want to improve, but we have been so starved for so long that 
All we care about is winning the Super Bowl. And once the season is over, whatever we can do to get better, to improve for next season is what we're going to do. So I'm with you, Matt. Uh, do you feel the same way? Do you feel like Tripp should, should uh, you know, not throw the game, forgetting that part of it, but should give a chance to see what Matt Barkley can do, to see what Jalen Watkins, Taylor Hart, all these guys in a game situation. I know that they see them in practice, and it's based on how hard they practice, but practice and games are different. It's a different thing, and you're not really going to know what these guys can do until you give them live game reps. Matt, how do you feel about it? Yes. <laughs> Dynamite drop in there, Matt. That was perfect. Right. No, you... Uh... He's not that the was, best color that was a, man in the That was a really level. long question there. Um, I, uh, I, I'm in total agreement. I'd love to see more of the young guys. I think, um, I think a lot of people, I think it might set the right tone, too. I mean, I understand that Chip wants to do right by his veterans, and, and I also think that we're sort of looking at, um, I mean, you know, this is sort of ugly to say, but we may be looking at the last game for some of these Eagles, and some of them, you know, will probably be, you know, we won't, won't be such a mixed feeling like guys like Nate Allen, but then, you know, some other guys like Brandon Graham, this could be his last game, and he's probably looking for a paycheck. And how are they going to look other veterans in the eyes if they're saying, well, we took Brandon Graham's, you know, his last game, and we, we just took it away from him. You know, maybe he might get accused of being, you know, dirty or whatever since they're trying to re-sign him. Uh, but, you know, that's all just details. I'd love to see the new guys. Um, the only thing I wanted to say is that it seems to me that Chip's been much more of a um, – you know, do as I do, not as I say, or, you know, whatever. Basically what I'm saying is, is that watch his actions because his actions speak louder than his words. So, of course, he's going to get up there, and, of course, he's going to say, like, well, we're going to see what happens. Because And, and again, I'll go back to um, – or sorry, he's going he's gonna to come up there and he's going to say, uh, we're definitely going to play uh, the same game we always would. Because if you go back to guys, other guys where they've done things, I was digging through old tweets because that's like my hobby now. Um, and I found uh, I found some old tweets being like uh, from Mike Shanahan being like we're going to uh, we're going to evaluate um, John Beck, you know, now that they're out of the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, right. It's uh, it's time to see what John right, Beck can right. do, you know. And so so I don't know. I mean, we might be looking at this, and of course, you know, John Beck. He's like a twenty eight year old rookie or whatever the hell, but. Uh, and hopefully none of our guys are John Beck caliber. But you know, you look back at that stuff and you're just sort of like, uh Oh, how'd that go, idiot? Like, I don't know if uh, I don't know if Chip really wants to wants to do that sort of thing. But I do think that um, I do think we'll see more of the rookies. I don't see how he doesn't do it. I mean, he's not an idiot. I hope. Yeah, no, he's clearly not. He, I think the one thing we all can agree on is Chip Kelly is a smart guy. Hey, before I, before we move on and stuff, I know this is a, a packed and loaded show here. This is the other thing that I don't. I, I guess I'm trying to wrap my head around because this is the other thing I've been hearing all week. Is Chip went from at least in my mind, and a lot of lot of articles, a lot of talk about very open-minded guy, very, you know, listens to everybody, players, coaches, et cetera, et cetera, on stuff that they're doing. He'll always question why, et cetera, et cetera. I don't understand the sudden change now to it's Chip's way and and he doesn't listen to anybody and it's in full control and all this other stuff. Like, I, I that's that to me is is a completely overreactionary part of all this stuff. Like he just, because the draft was so, so because Marcus Smith was whatever. And you know, these other guys only, only two of them really contributed this year and they're all chips guys. And now he's in full control. Now the team's screwed because of that. Is anybody else getting a sense of that to James Brandon, anybody else? Like it's, I, I don't know where that kind of came from all of a sudden, just because he said he had, Final say on the roster, which you want, by the way. You don't want your GM doing that, at least in my opinion. 
Yeah, I, I I think that he's probably gotten a little more criticism because of that, but I don't. I'm with you. I think it's kind of a, a narrative that that doesn't really have a lot of basis in fact. Or so, does it? I don't know. I mean, is is, is how those guys all? I mean, like, what's what Brandon? From your perspective, what's this, what's the situation feel like then? I mean, is it is it? Shouldn't we be? Should we be blaming Howie and Chip? Just Chip about any of this stuff, or or is there well, more balance? Real quick, than we real think? quick. Before we get to Brandon, I I also and I, it's a cliche and stuff, but I don't think we can judge this draft class yet. You know, oh, I, yeah, I think absolutely. it does take absolutely. time. You know, you got to give it a couple years. But but go ahead, Brandon. No, well, just to jump on that point real quick. Yeah, I was I was you know I was up late on Saturday night, and because I'm a robot and uh, <laughs> or a I vampire. Was, looking, we've we've we're not sure right the the development of Michael Hendricks and obviously he played his first year these other guys haven't but again it was a worse team at the same time you know that was the 4 and 12 team so easier to get playing time in that kind of team uh but you know he was he wasn't really anything special i thought as a rookie showed some potential yeah but nothing nothing to where he is now i think player development is so underrated but that's a side that's a, a side note there uh to John's question uh, I don't know. I think that's the the funny thing about all of this. I think we, I think if we act like we know, we're automatically wrong because we don't. <laughs> it, we're all just guessing. Like no one knows the exact power structure. I think we have guesses. I think we can assume that Kelly has more power than the average coach does. I would think just because of the fact that uh, when he came here. There was that lock and for report about how he wanted a lot of power, and however true that is or not, I think there's some uh, logic to be had why he didn't take the job the first time. Maybe, maybe they offered him more power, and that's why he came back. Uh, I could see Chip wanting to be hands on, but again, this is all I'm, I don't. No one knows this for sure. No one is coming out and saying what they know. Uh, so it, again, we're all just guessing. Uh, even going back to the Andy Reid, Howie Roseman thing, where you know, like they kind of absolved Howie of any blame for some of those past unsuccessful drafts. I mean, like, how do we know for sure? You know, like, I guess they pinned him all on Andy, but that's kind of weird because you know, yeah, you, you have to figure Howie has some kind of say, or why is he there? You know, why is he collecting a paycheck? Obviously, has some kind of role in this. There's, I don't know the exact percentage of. Uh, responsibility that everyone has, but it's it's something. Everyone has some kind of job there. So, it, we, again, we can all just guess. I don't know. There's really nothing yeah. firm for me to be taken away. And I think a lot of this stuff is sort of coming to a head too, because Chip has a particular way of doing things, right? And um, I think we all have sort of opinions, and and I think that think they're they're well thought out for the most part. Opinions about you know how would he consider such a thing or such another thing, and I think. Um, at least sort of looking ahead, I mean, there's there's two guys in the draft. There are two talented cornerbacks coming out in the draft, and they are both just absolute shitheads. And I think people are already sort of starting to look at this and being like, well, he's not going to draft either of these shitheads because they're shitheads, and it's, all, it's Deshaun all over again. <laughs> and, you know, I think we're, like, already sort of gearing up to have this next conversation about, like, you know, Chip has it this way, and I disagree, and, you know, Chip is stuck in his ways because he won't have shitheads on his team, which is why we got... Malcolm Jenkins, because he's such a good person, and yada, yada, yada. And I think people are already sort of setting themselves up to be disappointed in these decisions. Um, and, and these decisions, first of all, they haven't been made yet. And even if they do, even if they are made this way, I feel like, you know, look, just because you see it coming doesn't mean it's the wrong thing to do. Uh, and that's sort of my, the, the piece, my piece. 
And we're obviously going to get into more draft talk as the off season comes and progresses and whatnot. But uh, I think this has been a good conversation, kind of a good way to, and to put I, a. And James, I'm 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 the total dick, and I apologize. The only thing that I'll say is is we have seen plenty of other franchises have GMs make coaching decisions, and that is a, a terrible idea. It's always a terrible idea, and sometimes in pockets here and there it works out. I would rather have the coach with final say and be more hands-on than anybody else in there. But that's not to say that, yes, of course, they you know they have to listen to their general managers. They have to be and trust those guys, too, and their scouts and et cetera, et cetera, and let them do that. I think Chip is the guy that can do that. I think you'll see that going into this year. Yeah, and I think there will be, be more clarity this offseason on kind of how that structure works. I, I think we will – Learn more, as it were. But um, uh, let's uh, before we get to our predictions for a meaningless football game, it's time for the NFL picks. Hit me! It's time to ring the bell and play some bets. Hey, I don't want your money punching my money. Here come our NFL picks. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. All right, it's time for our Ring the Bell pick segment. Let's start it off with the man who normally goes last. John, since you're not the host tonight, you get to <laughs> go first. Lead us yeah. off, brother. Those, those dirty, dirty Jets, uh, you know, playing the Patriots tough totally screwed up my Sunday last time. But uh, I'm probably going to go to maybe the early the early game of the week uh, with the Packers and the Lions in Lambeau. Packers only a seven-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Uh I have a feeling things might get a little silly in this game, but I still think they can cover. So I'm taking the Pats, or excuse me, the Packers uh, minus seven and a half. Mr. Brandon Lee Gatton. Um, well, I always take the Eagles. <laughs> so, and the Eagles are are plus three. They're that's that's how bad things have gotten now. Think about that. They're they're three point underdogs on the road in New York. So you know they're getting the points. I'll take the points. Matthew? Ooh. Uh, the Colts are a seven-point favorite over the Titans. I think that's going to be – that's does, the Colts are way better than that. Let's, I'm going to take the Colts. All right. I had my uh, Minnesota outright pick last week. One with the points, obviously, but come on, man. Come on. The, a block punt safety to lose the game. That was a bummer. I feel very strongly about this week's pick as well. The Carolina Panthers head into Atlanta. Obviously, for the NFC South, or I should probably say the NFC shit crown, one of these teams will win the division. The Falcons actually open at 2.5, has gone up. It's uh, at either at 3.5 or 4. That dumb number doesn't matter to me because I think the Panthers are winning it outright. I like the football the way the wow. Panthers have been playing lately. I think their defense is finally clicking a little bit. Cam is back, healthy enough to play. Uh, I just... Uh, I'm not impressed at all by this Atlanta team, and ultimately, even though I don't think Riverboat Ron's a great coach, I think Mike Smith is that much worse of a coach. So I'm going to take the Panthers. Uh, I'll take the points, but I think they win it outright. Small ring the bell. Small ring the bell. I like gonna, it. I'll go the other way because I just I don't I don't think it's um, I you know who flip a coin really, but I'll take the other side just for fun. I like it. We had to have at least one ring the bell there. All right, guys, let's get to our predictions for a meaningless Giants game. And and if you don't feel like giving a a prediction, just tell me one thing you want to see on Sunday, something that you're looking for, something that, you know, maybe I'll I'll give you a good feeling heading into the offseason. Brandon. I want to say, well, I'll start with the the thing I want to see. The thing I want to see 
is uh I don't know, man. So <laughs> it's so at this point, it's almost just like uh, you kind of just want to see this season end. That's what I, that's, that's my thing. I want to <laughs> see this season end because uh, it's going to be a long off season, man. But my score prediction is twenty seven. Twenty seven is going to be a tie. Oh, I love it! I love it, Johnny. Um, I um. For whatever, I I don't care. I hope they lose forty-seven to fourteen. Honestly, I I don't want the Eagles to win this game. What? I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> forty-seven to what? I, I want I want uh, Odell Beckham to just absolutely torch every single cornerback on the field. I want him to make your fantasy championship just a, a dreamboat scenario. If you're still in there, um, yeah. No, uh, honest prediction. I don't know. I think they. I think it'll be close and be like thirty-five to. 35 to 25 or something stupid like that. I just hope the Eagles lose, honestly. Give us the draft pick. Let's go. Matt? Uh, Eli Manning is just six interceptions away from leading the league for the fifth year, which would tie the record. Uh, so I'm hoping for that. I'm hoping for a cool six interceptions from Eli Manning. Hmm. Um, but uh, that's my fa- one of my favorite stats, by the way. He would tie with uh, Vinny Testaverde and a few other guys. <laughs> but... Um, <clears throat> What am I thinking? I'd say, I don't know, let's say the Eagles win 31-21. to 21. All right, my prediction is Odell Beckham goes for over 300 yards against yes. the second. No, but in reality, I, I think they lose the game. I don't think this team's going to be able to get up. I know all the rhetoric this week of, of, you know, this is our last chance to go out and play football this season, and it matters. And I do think it does matter, but I just don't think they're going to be able to get that energy, that effort up to where it needs to be. This Giants team... Playing its best football of the season for whatever it's worth. And again, I, I just, you know, the St. Louis Rams have a have a, a much better secondary than the Eagles do. And they couldn't stop Odell Beckham. It seems like no one can. I, I just, I think he's going to just just dominate on Sunday. So I, I don't think the Eagles win. I'm with John. I don't, I'm okay either way. You know, a better draft pick is a better draft pick. But either way, you know, it's 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 been a downer of a season. It's a shame that it ended this way, but... We got a long, fun offseason to look forward to. The Eagles will improve. I promise you that. Believe in that. Uh, so thank you for listening. We will be back next week. We'll wrap up the season. We'll look ahead to the draft. We've got all kinds of awesome stuff for you guys coming this offseason. So keep it locked here. For Brandon Lee Gowden, for John Barchard, for Matthew Daring, I am James Seltzer. Thank you for listening to Episode 74 right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and LibertyBroadcast.co. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com, fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network.